Blessed be the name of the Lord. Welcome again, Touch Heaven, and as Lurley said to those of you online, <clears throat> we're just going to lay a little foundation this Sunday and then pick it up because uh, we've worshiped a long time, which is good, and uh, I have way too much to download about the power of blessing in declaration, but it is something, it's a skill, and it's, it's a, a sword that we need to sharpen in our lives. And so uh, the Lord has said that's the time for that. So we're going to take our time with that and do it. As I said to you as we were worshiping, the root of every blessing in, in Scripture is the Abrahamic covenant. And uh, we're not going to, to do a long study on the covenant of Abraham. Uh, it begins in Genesis, and the Lord repeats the promises to Abraham multiple times and then passes them down to his seed and Isaac and Jacob. And then we know that in the New Testament, Paul tells us that we are the heirs of that seed of the Abrahamic covenant. And that's blessings. It's about the blessings, the mercy, and the redemption uh, that God promised through Abraham. I think it's important for us to understand that this is unlike most other covenants in the scripture. There's only one other one that matches it that, <clears throat> that doesn't have a condition where you can earn it, and that is the grace and mercy in Jesus Christ. And the same with the Abrahamic covenant. Every other covenant had a condition, except the fact that the Lord said he would never destroy the earth again with a flood and gave us the rainbow, the keshet. But in the instance of this, I want to talk about the unilateral covenant a moment, and then we're going to have this little intro. God's plan to bless the world was through Abraham, so he called him out. And his promises to Abraham, as I said to you, involved three different concepts. The land, the descendants, which was the seed, and the blessings. And uh, the land that, that God gave Abraham was again occupied by Moses when there was the Exodus. And in the, in the uh, reign of Solomon, it was the largest it's ever been. And we understand it in 1948 through a miracle of God, and which was really an apology to the Jewish people for the Holocaust, for the world closing its eyes to the Holocaust. It was the only time that the United Nations voted unanimously on Israel's behalf, and that declared the homeland of Israel. They went right to war. As you well know, they were surrounded by all the Arab nations, and all of those nations declared war on them that same day. They have been war at war ever since, which is a fulfillment of the book of Revelation when it said that she would give birth to this seed and that the dragon would come to try and swallow them up and destroy them as fast as they could, but that the earth would sort of protect them. And so that's what's been happening in Israel. Well, we understand that this covenant with Abraham is a unilateral covenant. Unilateral means that only God made the covenant. And in that time, the way that a covenant would be made would be by sacrificing some animals. In this instance, it was three animals that were cut in halves. And if I were to make a covenant with you, Dave, and say to you, Dave, uh, you're going to covenant to me to give me your land, we would have that covenant and it'd be an exchange of something, and we would have those pieces cut in half. And then we would walk in between the pieces, and that covenant would require that if we were to to in any way breach that covenant that it would require our life. We must die. So in this instance, God knew that man was incapable 
of holding a covenant throughout humanity with our flesh. And so he made it unilateral, and he had Abraham prepare, prepare the animals. Abraham cut them. So it was a sacrifice to God, a preparation, and he laid them down, and he was waiting to walk between them, not understanding who would walk through them with him. And all of a sudden, the Lord took him into a deep sleep. He took him completely out of it. And in that instance, Abraham knew afterwards as the Lord showed him that the Lord came in a fire and he walked amongst the pieces himself. And the Lord made a covenant with Abraham that was unilateral, attested to by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And if that covenant were ever to break, then it would mean that the Lord would have to die. But the Lord can't die. And so it's an everlasting covenant. It's a covenant of blessing. And that covenant of blessing isn't yours and mine for the land. That's for Israel. And those of us who join to Israel, yes. And that covenant shall be fulfilled. And it's being fulfilled in the earth right now, just that the earth doesn't understand it. And that's why there's this huge, huge battle going on for Jerusalem and going on for Israel. The war has happened ever since 1948, and it shall continue until the Messiah returns. And we can see that the forces of the earth are mounting themselves against Israel. Some say that the horsemen that are coming in in millions is China. Others say it's Russia. This we know, that there are enemies of Israel that are determined to destroy them off the earth. And there's only one good reason. It's because that is the land that God has set aside for himself and his people. And Jesus is returning. And he's coming back soon. And when he comes, his feet are going to land on the Mount of Olives. They're going to plant there. And he's going to walk down into the holy city again and take his reign here over the earth with kingdom here on earth. We are at the fringe of that. And there's been some stuff that's been happening. And so there was a unilateral covenant that should bless us. It should bless you to know that you can't mess it up. Yes, we can sin and fall out of obedience with God, but we have a way back because of the unilateral covenant that Jesus Christ made for you and for me that he so loved the world that he gave his life and the Father gave his only begotten Son that we might be the redeemed of the Lord and that whomsoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Say whomsoever. whomsoever. Come on louder. Whomsoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so it's that simple. And it was that same way with Abraham. Abraham had to call upon the name of the Lord to remember and remind himself of all the blessings of God. And he would put his hands upon his seed, and his seed would put his hands upon the seed. And they would transfer those blessings from person to person to person to generations now. And now we, you, all of us who believe in Jesus Christ, we are the seed of that unilateral covenant of blessing. Well, something happened. Some of you who are attached uh, to me and to this church and those of you online, and I want to thank, um, my wife just, just went out to help with the children. Uh, forgive me, I'm, 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 I'm a little foggy on the name, but we got a beautiful card. How many of you know that, that the Lord has everything all figured out for you? How many of you know that? And, and uh, that's why I say, as we learned the last couple of weeks, about how to, how to rest in motion in God. When you're resting in the Lord, the Lord's moving. Well, it's hard to do. It's easy to preach, but it's hard to do. And uh, so the Lord tested us this last week, didn't he, Patty? I, I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm just telling you, we had 
the lowest offering we've ever had in this church in 10 years last week. Patty came to me. She said, Frank, I don't, I don't think we can make the payroll for our video team. I don't think we could make our bank payment. I, I said, okay, okay, let's just pray and see what the Lord does. Well, one brother called from Texas. He said, the Lord put it on my heart to give you an offering, and he wired it the next day. And then in my mail, in our mail came a card from a beautiful woman down in Fort Lauderdale whom I've never met face to face, and, and the card had a check in it, and Patty, we just made what we needed. We just made what we needed by the grace of God. And, and, but, but even more so than that, the card was so encouraging. It was a beautiful card. I, I, I mean, it, the card itself is, is, should be put in a picture frame. It, it's so pretty. Uh, Sunny, it's like glory. It's like glory bursting out of the card. I don't know where she got it at. And as my wife showed it to me and with tears in her eyes saying, she said, honey, this is encouragement. You need to look at this. She said the nicest things and so appreciative of the ministry and the worship and the message and, and, and how she's so grateful that we keep persevering on. And you know, I'm not telling you that I'm a wimp. I wasn't hanging on a thread. But, but you know, Dave, it feels good. It feels good and it was good. God is so good because his covenant is unilateral. It's not what I do or don't do or what you do or don't do. The blessings of God are ours. And every good and rich blessing comes from the Lord in heaven. And, and so something very prophetic happened. Um, those of you, again, who are linked to this message, those of you who follow me and us on POTUS Shield, you know that, um, that, that the Lord used me in a gracious way. I almost thought at times that that's the end of it. I'm all done with what I was called here to do, but I know there's more. Because these things happen in, in little windows of time that open, and then the windows shut, and their time goes on, and then they open again, and God inserts me into something. In this particular time, he inserted me into drafting a speech for then-candidate Donald Trump, who had no clue about Israel and Jews and Christians. No clue. To him, it was just what he had seen politically. He had no understanding. And he was on his way to go talk to the Christian conference on, on behalf of Israel, and, uh, and he wanted to, to win. His, his motivation was to win. His motivation wasn't to bless Israel. How many of you know God uses anybody and everybody for the things of God? But it's okay because God opened that up. And in that, I wrote a five point for him on Israel. And one of them was to move the embassy. And he did. And the other one was to reach out for an accord based on covenant. And he did. And that's called the Abrahamic Accord. The other one was to increase the, the aid to Israel. And he did. All five points he kept. And you know, God, I decreased, but God increased in all of that. And so David Freeman, who I had met during the campaign, because in the beginning of that campaign, there was nobody. He had, he had, he had no infrastructure. There was five people. You'd go to his place and he had his secretary and a couple people. That was it. And, and, and David Freeman was, was one of his attorneys in, in the Trump Towers. And David Freeman became the ambassador to Israel. And he's an Orthodox Jew. So, you know, the first time we met, it really was a little awkward. You know, I mean, it was like, okay, you're Jewish, yes, but, but yes, yes, but I believe in the Messiah. Oh, you know, so we went into it. But he liked the results that came from the conference because at that conference, the, he got a standing ovation. And he got a standing ovation, and from that moment on, it went into his heart. 
And he ended up understanding that he had a mission. He had made a commitment for Israel to the people that voted him in. And he found out as he went around the country, didn't matter what the color of the church was, he was getting blessed because he was blessing Israel. And he had crossed over because of the blessings of Israel. And so David Freeman had wisdom, and they came up with the Abrahamic Accord. Now, I'm going to just play the very beginning tag of this. And now here is God. Put me in another place. Isn't God amazing if we just rest in him? And my good friend, Matt Crouch, sent me this a couple days ago before it was released on TBN. He said, share it with whomever you want. And, and he knows the story. And he knows the relationships. And, 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 and I looked at it and my hair stood up. Because I realized that this is prophetic. Now, it doesn't mean that it's the total icebreaker. But what it does mean is that God is fulfilling what he said in Isaiah, that he would make a highway between Israel, Egypt, and Syria, and that they would come thirds unto the kingdom of God. Now, remember, Syria is bigger than Syria, and Egypt is different than Egypt, but God is moving those areas into it. He's dividing the nations in preparation for the judgment upon the nations. And it goes back to the Abrahamic Accord, the Abrahamic Covenant. Those who bless you, Genesis 12, 3. Those who bless you shall be blessed. Those who curse you shall be cursed. And so God in his mercy gives us opportunity from one of the most unexpected people in all of the universe to bring forth the Abrahamic Accord. I want you, if we turn the lights down, I'd like you to watch it. This is just the tag of it. And uh, I believe the first episode was on TBN, but you can go to TBN and watch all of it. I encourage you to because it is biblical prophecy coming true before your eyes. Let's watch it a moment. We need sound. Start it over if you have to. I would suggest you take it back and start it over and see if you can get the sound up. And when you have it, let me know. I'll keep going. <clears throat> it's all dialogue right there, so without the sound, it'll be meaningless to you. One of the promises, you guys can put the lights up while you're figuring it out, please. We'll continue on. When you have the sound, just let me know. One of the promises of God in the blessings of the Abrahamic covenant, and most people don't focus on this. How many of you have had teachings and understandings of the Abrahamic covenant before? Okay. Um, it was basically one of the first covenant uh, teachings as a believer that I grabbed a hold of. And, um, but you'll notice that most believers don't really understand that the Abrahamic covenant is actually the gospel, a preview of the gospel. And uh, the good news of the gospel, it consists of God providing this blessing to justify the Gentiles that believe in Jesus who are the seed of Abraham and the son of Abraham. 
So if we were to look at Matthew 1.1, and I don't want to take them away for it, or Galatians 3.16, let me just read to you what it says in Galatians 3. Christ has redeemed us that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through Jesus Christ. So, if you will, the deposit of the promise and the blessing of the Holy Spirit coming to you and to me and those of us who are born again in Jesus Christ was put into the bosom of Abraham. How many of you remember that um, we had the parable, the story told of us by Jesus of the man who was in the bosom of Abraham and he wanted to go to his brother and to tell him what was on. And in, in that bosom of Abraham is the blessings and the promise of God. Those are the promises of God. And in that bosom, in that bosom are all the blessings that God has promised unto you and to me. And they're not just general promises. Just like we, we go forward ahead to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died for your sins and for my sins personally. That's a very hard thing to grasp if you really boil it down. And, and I've shared this with you before, but I think it's important again so that we can put the parallel together of the unilateral conditions and promises of the Abrahamic covenant of sacrifices that were made where God alone did it and Jesus Christ where God alone did it. And in that instance, it is that, yes, he died for our sins, but he died for your sins personally. And isn't it amazing that you weren't yet born? This was over 2,000 years ago. You hadn't sinned yet on this earth, but yet in the book of life, you'd already sinned. All had sinned. All fall short of the glory of God. And because God is eternal, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, God without end, infinite, no timeline, then he was able to be the sacrifice in his blood to be an atonement for your sins 2,000 years ago and for your sins that you continue to sin as you go forward into the future. That was all deposited into the Abrahamic bosom, the blessings of Abraham. Do you have it now? Oh, you do. I see talking heads over there. Okay, let's, let's go back to this, please. Roll two. In the ancient history of the Middle East, a man named Abraham received a promise from God that he would become the father of many nations. The Bnei Israel are the Jewish descendants of Abraham's son Isaac from his wife Sarah. The Bnei Ishmael are the Arabic descendants of Abraham's son Ishmael from his wife's handmaiden Hagar. of Israel, the Jewish prophet Moses would be born, and the Torah would be written. Centuries later, from the house of Israel, Jesus, the Messiah of the Christian faith, would be born, and the New Testament would be written. From the house of Ishmael, the Islamic prophet Muhammad would be born and the Quran would be written.
centuries, the three religions of the Abrahamic faith have collided. In no place more so than Jerusalem. With the fall of the Ottoman Empire after World War I, ancient nations were restored in the Middle East, including the State of Israel, fulfilling Old Testament prophecies. And every U.S. president since has tried with greater or lesser success to build the alliances needed for a lasting peace. Recently, at an unlikely time, with an unlikely group, led by an unlikely president, nations of the divided faiths of Abraham came together against all odds and laid a foundation for peace that bears the name of their common father, the Abraham Accords. Now, isn't it amazing that those who watch so closely and, 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 and look to feel the pulse of the prophetic end times are not jumping up and down and ecstatic about this? It's because it's perceived political instead of spiritual. But there's a covenant that's been made between sons of Abraham and that's, that's a covenant that goes all the way back to the bosom of Abraham. And you better believe God is in that covenant. And I believe it's foretelling of what the Lord's hope is for his kingdom here on earth. And if we were able to project ourselves into the heavenly place, I think we would see Father Abraham smiling. Because those are both his boys, Ishmael and Isaac. How many of you know that you know, God gives great favor to the Islamic nations for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Strong persecution, but great favor. And right now, the Lord is showing himself in scenes that we've never heard of, in thousands and thousands of, of, of Muslims, that the Lord is coming to them himself in their dreams, in their sleep, in their rooms, and showing them his pierced hands, and calling them forth as sons of Abraham into the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Lord is redeeming and keeping his promise to bless Ishmael, even as he blesses Isaac. Now we understand that those who bless shall be blessed, those who curse shall be cursed. So there's a dividing line that's going across right now in the world. And there's a dividing line that's going across here, and I say here, I mean in this country and in the body of Christ. The Lord is separating unto himself those who are holy, those who are passionate, those who are prepared to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. And he's given us that other blessing that it's a promise of the Abrahamic covenant, and that's the blessing of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not going to go much longer now. I just want to share this, and then we'll try to build upon it as the Lord allows us. I said to you earlier that... When God blessed Adam and Eve, he released them to be fruitful and to multiply, did he not? 
That was God's spoken prophetic command to the beginning of man. Be fruitful to multiply. That doesn't mean to just procreate children. That means that everything that you do has a hand stamp of God himself, a blessing that God has blazoned in his own fire for you to be fruitful and to multiply in. And that's why as we rest in him, as we rest in him and he's moving, God accomplishes those things with us that we should do. Just to clarify, it doesn't mean that we don't do anything, that we just wait for it to appear. It means that we protect resting in him in everything that we do. And when we begin to get anxious, it's time to take a pause and to stop back and say, Lord, give me that rest. Give me that peace. That is your litmus test to let you know that you're starting to get out of between the lines. When you begin to get anxious, when you begin to get afraid, when you begin to question and become double-minded, it's time to take a pause and to rest in the Lord and to allow him to do what he will do. And then to be courageous and bold to do it. Pastor Sherry and Jack called me and Laura Lee just about a week ago. They had a challenge, and out of their love of their heart, they had to deal with it. And uh, I, you know, I'm not the wisest guy in the world, but this was an easy one for me. I said, well, Pastor Sherry, this is what I would do if I were you. And she did it and found out that it was a blessing both to her and to the other person. Isn't that so, Jack? God used it because they were obedient to God. They took a pause, and they listened to what the Lord wanted. And even though in their heart they could help somebody with a plan, it wasn't God's perfect plan. God had a better plan. And that's what we need to understand. God has a plan, and it's all linked back to the covenant of blessings, and it's a unilateral covenant from Abraham to Jesus. Now, once again, the blessing that God put upon Adam and Eve and that he amplified in Abraham and his covenant, it upends all the order of events. And what it means is that you're not blessed because you perform well. You may think you are, but you're not. You're blessed because God's blessing is not a reward for, for productivity. It's the power of your productivity. God's blessing is the power of your productivity to multiply and to be blessed, and to bless others. The root of every blessing is the Abrahamic covenant. Now, I had several types of blessings, and I just want to move forward to this. There's a power in a declaration of a blessing. We understand the power of declaration in this house. We've taught, and you understand, that there's no stronger form of prayer here on earth than the prayer of declaration. When you're declaring the word of God, the will of God, and speaking to that mountain, declaring to that mountain to be removed, it is removed. The begging to God is not the power of blessing. Begging to God, if you will, is to me a form of counseling. It just gives us somebody's shoulder to cry upon, which is good. It's okay. He hears it. He feels your tears. And I'm not telling you not to. But what moves God isn't the tears in begging. It's the power of the blessing in declaration according to God. It's the authority that God has given you and that he has transferred through you. Some may say it's taking dominion. That's part of it. Some may say it's calling from heaven to earth the blessings that God already has. That's part of it. But you are the amplifier. You are the amplifier. If we were to put Sonny up here and take his electric guitar and not amplify it, Maybe Ralph would hear something in the first row, but by the time it got back there, you would have nothing. 
and he wouldn't be able to be very creative on it because he can't bend notes and make sounds and have, and, and have crescendos and calm down and slow down and get loud and all the things that we need to do. You are an instrument of God, and you have a mouth of God, and that power of that tongue is very strong. That's a power over life and of death. Not just life and death of physical nature, but of spiritual nature and of everything that God puts in your hands, it is a blessing to multiply and be productive because God created from the very beginning and put that blessing upon man and woman and amplified that blessing and expanded it to all abundance through Abraham. And then if that wasn't enough, then comes Jesus Christ who tells you you can do all things through him. All things through, come on, all things through him who strengthens you. Strengthens you for what? To bless, to be a blessing, to receive a blessing, to declare a blessing. Now, when situations are getting tough, sometimes we want to repeat the situation because it's human to do so. Oh, I just came from the doctor and the doctor said this. And, oh, ha! Now, I'm not telling you to stick your head in the ground and to be foolish about everything that's going on. Medical, you know, medical science has its place. God works through everything. But all I am telling you to do is to guard your mouth. It's okay to acknowledge a problem, but it's better to say, well, that's a problem, but that problem's going to go away very quickly because of Jesus Christ. And it's better to begin to proclaim the blessings of God, to proclaim the blessings of God in your life and other people's life. You're an instrument that can alter somebody else's life. They don't, people don't need us to doom and gloom with them when they're going through a bad time. <laughs> Patty's shaking her head. <laughs> she knows. Patty told me, I don't want to hear anybody else telling me about all this stuff. She wants to hear positive stuff of God. Because that's what's soaking into her spirit. That's what's moving into her spirit. She has trained her spirit to be a filter of those things that aren't of God. You need to train your spirit. And you need to close your ears, even as, 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 as Terry, as you were speaking last night about being a filter and not participating in gossip. And she, she raised a very good point. Some of you should come Saturday nights. I don't know what else you're doing, but you should come Saturday nights. I listen because Saturday nights is when I prepare for Sunday, and so I separate myself. But I listen, and, and we listen. And that's how we participated. And what she said was, even sometimes people pray gossip. Huh? Let's pray for somebody and spill all the gossip. That's not God. That's, that's flesh. You know, we need to pray blessings and speak blessings into people. You're the instrument of blessings into a world. Into a world. I want to share a word with you and then a short story, and then we're going to bless. There are several ways that we are blessed. God is the source of blessings. And those, there's seven areas of blessings. I'm not going to get into all of them, only one of them. I'm just going to tell you what they are. An abundant life, an effective life. He gives power for that. He gives power for a relationship with God, for salvation of the soul, power for success, power for prosperity, power for longevity, and power for fecundity. Fecundity. F-E-C-U-N-D-I-T-Y. How many of you know what it means? Fecundity. I didn't either. I had to look it up. What it means is it's the quality of power of producing abundantly for prosperity, for fruitfulness, for fertility. It's that quality of power that God gives us. It's in you. It just needs to be activated. 
In you is to be able to be fruitful. In you is to have the power that God gives you to be abundant in everything that you do. God isn't satisfied with you being a little of something and nothing. He wants you to do what he's given you to do. And whatever you do, put your hands to it and do it the best way you can do. Now, you know, I, I, I was sharing with, with Coach Dave, because I'm an old coach too, that I'm better off a lot of times not to be in a situation um, when people are being coached because my wife laughs. I, I don't like those speeches that we give to kids before they go out. Just have a good time. You know, it doesn't matter if you lose or win. Why? Why are you playing the game? Tell them, go win. Teach them to win. I told you a story once about a, a, a very nice guy. He was a, a leading pitcher for TCU. And he had his children. And we were moved to, to Florida. And I had my, my little son, Sammy. And Sammy had already been playing up above his age here. And he was a short little guy because he was a good player. So he asked me to help him coach. And the very first meeting we had with all the kids, I came home and told my wife, I don't know if I can coach with this guy. He's a wonderful guy. But he told them he's never won anything in his life. He said, with TCU, they lost all their games. In high school, he lost his games. When he was a kid, he lost his games. I said, I'm so depressed. I don't know why we're working with these kids. She goes, well, God put you there. So I went back. I said, may I speak to him? He goes, yeah. I said, everything I did, I won. I might have had to come back and win again, but I had to win. I learned how to win, and I went with people that knew how to win. And you're going to win. And guess what? We won. Those kids won. And we weren't the best team. You know, God has given us the ability to be strong. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, not weakens you. But we have to speak strength into all of our situations. If you're believing God for promotion, declare that promotion. You're believing God for productivity, declare that productivity. If you're believing God for a clear mind in Christ, declare that clear mind in, in Christ. The declaration of the power of blessing is the most important tool God has given you as this instrument here on earth. And when you add love to it, you win. You win. Final story. It's appropriate. Because this happened on Thanksgiving in 1979. It was a turning point in my life. I didn't understand it, but it happened. And uh, at that time, I was just going down the road, rambling along, doing the things that I did all in the world, big time in the world. You know, big time with music, big time with business, big time with things I shouldn't have been doing. A lot of stuff. By the grace of God, he was able to hold me together because I shouldn't have been. And uh, packed up the family, and we were headed uh, to my then-in-law's house, the Katz's. And uh, we were going down Gypsy Lane. How many of you know where Gypsy Lane is on the north side? And there's the golf course on the left side. And as we were going down, it was snow, and it was sleet, and the road was slippery. And it was Thanksgiving Day. We're almost there. And I saw this form running down the street, and all I could see was the back of her feet. And, her, and a gown, and it was a hospital gown, and the gown was wide open in the back. And I knew something was desperately wrong. And as I went to do my best to just go around her so not to slop her up or to hit her, a voice spoke inside of me. I'd never heard that voice before, and I didn't understand it for many months to come. And that voice said, stop and help her, or you'll never be the same. I didn't know what that meant. But it commanded me, and I stopped. And there I was with my little daughter, Carissa, in a baby seat, and my wife at that time. And I got out of the car, 
And I looked at her and I said, what can I do for you? And she said, I need to get to my house. She goes, my boyfriend's going to kill my children. I need to get there now. Apparently, because she was in the hospital and he was watching them, I didn't get the whole story. Well, you know, in those days, I was packing. I had a, I, I was armed. And uh, I'm thinking, I need to get this out, where we headed to. Sure enough, we went to a place, many of you may not know it now. It's not the same as it was then. It's called, it was called Kimmelbrook Homes. And uh, in Kimmelbrook Homes, there's a, a street that you go into and you don't come back out unless you're welcome to be there. And that's where we went. And uh, she took me there. And as we pulled up, I said, well, where's your place? And she opened the door and began to run. And I opened the door and I was reaching down to, to get my pistol. And I was beginning to run behind her and she turned around and she said, no, sir, you have done enough. And she said, God bless you. And she shot me right through the heart with Jesus, but I didn't know it. I stumbled backwards. I didn't know anything about the power of God. I didn't know anything about being slain in the spirit. I didn't know anything about blessing. I didn't know anything at all. I knew I was reaching for my pistol to go help this gal to take care of a guy that was going to kill her children. And the next thing I know, I was bewildered and sitting in the car and just like this. We went on to Thanksgiving dinner, and in the midst of that dinner, one of my then brother-in-laws began to say a joke that was not too good, and it was very unfavorable about Jesus, and something cropped up inside of me. I said, don't talk like that. And the whole room froze and looked at me. He's saying that? I said, please don't talk like that. Don't do that. That's not right. And it continued on, so I got up and I left which began the whole change in my life. It was very painful, but I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. It was a blessing. It was a woman who took that moment to command and declare a blessing into this young, lost Jewish boy. And it captured me. Not in the way I thought. Not because of what I did. It's because of what I didn't do. He got me. God has blessings stored up for you that are beyond anything that you can understand. And here's the good news, just like it is about salvation. You can't earn it. There's nothing you can do to be more saved. There's nothing that you should do except to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. He takes care of all the rest. And there's the good news, as Paul told us. He gives us the Holy Spirit. That blessing of the Holy Spirit comes through the Abrahamic covenant. And that covenant says, be blessed and to prosper. Fecundity, abundance, 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 fruitfulness, creativity, blessings. Do you know that each and every one of you has something inside of you that is a creative realm that is you merging with the Lord? And so never give up on releasing your creative realm. Keep doing it. That's God speaking through you with the blessings of creation and all the goodness of God.